Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So before we get started, inshallah ta'ala, want to remind everyone to please bidnillahi ta'ala, uh, donate to Yaqeen Institute. I hope you've seen the wonderful ad this year, alhamdulillah, which really represents our growth. And I hope you're benefiting uh, from the Judgment Day series, as well as, of course, season three of Quran 30 for 30 and all the other resources all of which you could find, of course, at the main website, yaqeeninstitute.org, the Quran 30 for 30 ebook, the Dua ebook, which Sheikh Tahar that we spoke about, the Habits uh, workbook, the convert resources that Sheikh Abdullah uh, has led. So please, inshallah ta'ala, benefit from them all and keep us in your Dua, bidnillahi ta'ala. Now, tonight, we are uh, potentially just the two of us. Uh, we're waiting on Astada Aisha Prime, if she can join. Uh, you know, inshallah ta'ala, she'll be able to join, but if not, Sheikh Abdullah, it's just you and I, man. Just you and me. I'll I'll do my best to tolerate you, inshallah. You know, we'll we'll see how that goes. It's coming out. Tolerate. <laughs> Am I intolerable, Sheikh? You... I mean, you know, at, at times, you know what I'm saying? But I just we gotta be truthful. Yeah. We gotta be co women, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just joking with you, beloved. Just joking. I'm, I'm I'm gonna need to bring in so we need a third person to uh what we need, what we need is a ping pong table to settle this dispute. I've got I've got the ping pong table. It's it's folded up somewhere. It's folded and dusty. I know. I know, Sheikh. I know. It's folded. In, you know, but alhamdulillah, you know, it's not folded and dusty. My mushaf. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got, okay. Nice. Nice. Not that I'm implying anything. Not that I'm implying that you're. Mm -hmm. That was nice. Hey, I'm on thirty for thirty-two, so I got to read some Quran. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> All right, man. You 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 uh you got your so so clearly you know it'll be a challenge, but we'll we'll have to get through this together, inshallah. Just the two of us didn't. Uh, uh, the ping pong match is on, Sheikh. I haven't started practicing yet. I'll need about I need about two weeks, two weeks to get in uh, peak ping pong shape. You know, you got to do like pull ups and sit ups and 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 what? lifts and and you know all that stuff to get in peak ping pong shape really i never knew that i don't ever play ping pong but it is what it is. You, you need to up your athletic athleticism oh yes inshallah i'm down up incorporate, to it incorporate ping pong into the beast mode program <laughs> 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 yeah, all right yeah. so we are like i said we're gonna wait for Ustada aisha if she shows up alhamdulillah if not sheikh it's just you and i and inshallah i'm sure we can find plenty to talk about in the night ta'ala so We'll go ahead and get started, inshallah ta'ala. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So we are now in juz six, alhamdulillah. And that takes us to the the beginning or the middle point of Surah Al-Ma'idah. And of course, we're coming to the end of Surah Al-Nisa into Surah Al-Ma'idah. And I know that obviously, you know, we, we've mentioned before that you can benefit from the previous seasons where we gave some of the structure of the surahs, the, the adza, uh, as well as some of the historical context, the sirah context, particularly last year. But I think it's worth um, noting this once again, inshallah ta'ala, that Surah Al-Ma'idah really represents a, 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 a turning point in the Madani uh, Qur'an, in the Qur'an that's revealed in Medina, because this is post-Hudaybiyyah. So this is now a surah that really represents the global outreach of the Muslim community. The Prophet ﷺ is no longer just addressing uh, his own people in Mecca, 
nor is he uh, simply addressing the people in Medina, but rather this is a global message and it is reaching uh, different parts of the world right now. And the Prophet ﷺ is approaching, particularly first and foremost, people of the book, the Christians and the Jews in different parts of the world, as he is an extension of what has been revealed to the Prophets uh, of, uh, of the Christians and the Jews. So the Prophet ﷺ is reaching out to them in that spirit the maturity of the law now shows uh and you know subhanallah when they say that the devil is in the details much of how you know people go astray is when they start to play with the law and you really start to see that tampering once you get into the details and this is of course you know a condemnation and an admonishing not just of the prophet وسلم, to uh, the people of the book and, and some of the the nations of old but of course this was an admonishing that we find from prophets to their own people right that truly when the love of this world overtakes the hearts of people then uh they have fi qulubihim zayghun fayatabi'una ma tashabaha minhu bitira'a fitna wa bitira'a ta'wili Allah tells us this in the beginning of surah ali imran it's the human condition that when the love of this world overcomes the heart that crookedness in the heart starts to lead to uh, skewing of scripture and this was of course the challenge of every prophet with their nation that uh that there would be a skewing of the message and that really starts to show with the playing of the law the tampering of the law and the way that the scriptures um are, are played with to benefit in the worldly sense certain classes in society to the detriment of others in society so the more that the the law becomes elaborate the more that that tampering becomes apparent right and this is very important as we really talk about uh this particular aspect of the hereafter uh this year so surah nisa dealt with inheritance and marriage law primarily out of what out of a post uhud reality out of a post uhud reality you have a lot of widows and you have a a new family situation dynamic there in medina so the laws are becoming very well formulated and defined particularly for the Madani community, for this community in Medina. But now, Al-Ma'idah, you're talking about dietary law, you're talking about uh, pilgrimage, you're talking about um, you know, uh, marriage, you're talking about uh, the laws of punishment and, and punitive law. So all of these different laws, as well as the spiritual thrust behind those laws, uh, starts to come out there in uh in Surah Al-Ma'idah. And so Allah Azza wa you know, validates um, the good of what came before. And of course, uh, we believe in that which was revealed before. We don't just believe in what was revealed to our Prophet Sallallahu but we believe in the original manifestations of what was given to the Prophets of old. And so the, the very famous verse uh, that uh, to save a life, من قتل نفسن, that whoever kills a person without right uh, then it's as if they've killed all of mankind. And whoever saves a life, it's as if they've saved all of mankind. This is, of course, a prominent teaching that we find and one that is validated, right? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls upon the people of the book in particular in this juz, and of course, through the next juz as well. But before we get there, uh, verse 36 in Al-Ma'idah, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَلَوْ أَنَّ لَهُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا وَمِثْلَهُ مَعَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that rarely those who disbelieved, if they had everything in the world, everything in the world, the entire kingdom of the world, and that which is like it with it, so that they may 
ransom themselves with it from the punishment of the day of judgment, it would not be accepted from them and they would face a grievous punishment. Meaning what? Look, nothing in the world is worth the hereafter. Nothing in the world is worth the hereafter. Allah Azza wa condemned people that sold off the hereafter for a few you know, dirhams, for a few coins, right? Nothing is worth the hereafter, selling your hereafter, even if you had the whole world. And here we actually have what the Prophet tells us that on the Day of Judgment, Allah will ask a person who has reached the end of their doom, you know, if you could get yourself out of the situation, if you could give the whole world in gold to get yourself out of the situation to ransom yourself, would you do it? And that person would say yes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would say, I asked you for so much less than that. Allah was not unreasonable. Allah was not unreasonable. God was not unreasonable to the nations. Of old, God is not unreasonable to this nation. He's not unreasonable in what he asks of us individually, nor is he unreasonable in what he asks of us collectively. So why wait for that situation and why lose your hereafter with this world? The whole world would not make the hereafter uh, worth it. So you start to find uh, this this notion now uh, taking root. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala admonishing those of the people of the book that did skew the scriptures. Uh, and by the way, in Surah An-Nisa, it actually uh, comes to the end of Surah An-Nisa, verse 161. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and when they took interest, even though it was forbidden for them, and their wrongful appropriation of other people's property. We spoke about riba uh, a few episodes ago. And by the way, some of the people, you know, had, had sent in messages asking, you know, it seems impossible for us to avoid riba today. And indeed, you know, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that a time would come that we would all be touched by the dust of riba, the dust of usury, the dust of interest. But this is where, number one, فَتَقُوا You know, you be as mindful of Allah as you can. You try to keep yourself clean from it as much as you can. You don't resort to it except in dire need. And even when you do so, you only do so to the extent that is necessary to get you through that dire need. And there is, you know, fatawa for this. There are... Uh, you know, uh, rulings that are given from scholarly councils, right, for certain people's situations where for a temporary, you know, time period, they can use something that is interest bearing to get themselves out of a situation. But at no point do we become okay with it. At no point do we legalize it. At no point do we make it a matter which is not uh, serious anymore. So uh, collectively as a community, it becomes upon us to try to usher in systems that don't involve riba. And that is not just to the benefit of the Muslim community, but to everyone else. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala admonishes here at the end of Surah Nisa, uh, their consumption, the, the way they made riba halal all of a sudden, even though it was forbidden for them, and their wrongful appropriation of other uh, people's property. That same message sort of continues into Surah Al-Ma'idah, that do not betray the scriptures that were given to you. Do not betray the laws that were given to you. And to do so is an indication of a crookedness in the heart and an indictment of an entire community if it overtakes the community. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks to the heart of the matter, verse 65 and 66 of Al-Ma'idah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, had the people of the book been faithful and mindful of Allah. Remember, this is a guidance for people who are God conscious. So if they had taqwa, they would have avoided uh, 
you know, taking, undertaking these prohibitions because they would have known that it puts them in a very bad situation. And they would have known that, you know, they can't, they can't fool God, right? Taqwa means that you're God conscious before all other types of consciousness, right? So had they believed and had they had taqwa, then we would have expiated their sins. We would have absolved them of their sins, meaning what they would have certainly still fallen short. And this is such a beautiful message that, you know, if you have iman and taqwa, you're still going to sin. But that sin can't be blatant. It can't be abrasive. And so that's when communities, uh, you know, bring upon themselves the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it becomes blatant. And that's how as individuals, we bring upon the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it becomes blatant, when we no longer feel, uh, you know, uh, shame when we commit those sins and we no longer try to abstain from those sins. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, had they had iman and taqwa, had they had faith and the sense of God consciousness, then we would have forgiven their shortcomings. They would have still fallen short, but they would have been absolved of any shortcomings at that point. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we would have entered them into gardens of bliss. So this speaks to the good of the hereafter. Now, Shaykh Abdullah, subhanAllah, the next ayah, uh, it's, it's, subhanAllah, I, I was pondering the way this one ends and how Allah Azza wa addresses them this time. That had they observed the Torah and the Injil, had they observed the, the scriptures that were given to them, and what was revealed to them from their Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they would have eaten the akaru min fawqihim wa min tahti arjulihim, that there would ha- they would have been overwhelmed by the, the goodness, the risk, the sustenance that would have come in, that would have come to them from ab- above them and from beneath them. Meaning it would have just been sustenance upon sustenance upon sustenance. Meaning what? They would have had the good of this life as well. They would have had the good of this life as well. So they didn't need to, you know, undermine what was revealed to them for the you know for, for the good of this life and sacrifice their hereafter they would have had the good of the hereafter and they would have had the good of this life as well and so uh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says from them there are righteous people that there are people that did indeed you know fulfill this and that did indeed observe the uh the rulings from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the commandments of god and there are many of them and there are many of them who did nothing but evil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends off this section, of course, in that those who believed, those who were guided from the Sabians, from the Christians, those who came before, who believed in Allah and in the last day and did righteousness, they should not grieve nor uh, they should not fear, nor shall they grieve. So this was the message, subhanAllah, throughout history, and this is the message now, that if you undermine the scripture for the sake of this world, you'll lose the world and you'll lose the hereafter. Whereas if you establish it, you'll gain this world and you'll gain the hereafter. The hereafter, more important, and you'll gain this world as well. And of course, the scholars say, look at the Prophet Sallallahu community, look at Medina, look at what became of Medina and Mecca through the Prophet Sallallahu through Islam. What would Medina and Mecca be today without the Prophet Right? They would be some, you know, some some cities that are on the map somewhere, but what or, or without Islam, right? Because obviously Mecca has a history that precedes the Prophet. Where would they have been without the Prophet and without Al Islam? So this is a beautiful um call. Uh and again, the idea of if your hearts are clean and if you have taqwa, yes, you'll fall short, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. 
and he'll enter you into gardens and he'll give you gardens, he'll give you the goodness of this life as well, collectively. The individual tests will persist, but collectively you will succeed and find blessing. So, Shaykh Abdullah, Bismillah, Tafadl. Jazakallah khairan. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa la amma ba'du. There was a lot there to unpack, mashallah, tabarakallah, uh, in regards to, you know, selling the the akhirah for the dunya. But what's beautiful, what he mentions as well, is that whole concept of khizi fi dunya wa akhirah, the loss in this life and the loss in the next. You know, subhanAllah, when we look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his names and attributes, his beautiful names and attributes, and his, dare I use the word, capabilities, that word doesn't even really apply to Allah because subhanAllah, he's able to do all things. He's al-Qadir. He's able to do all things. We're looking at that reality, subhanAllah, when we truly believe that Allah is al-Khaliq, al-Razik al-Mudabbir, that he is a creator, he is a sustainer, and he is the one that has ultimate control over all affairs, we realize that whatever he has legislated and brought here for us to practice is only better for us because he created us and wants best for us. When we take a step back, and it's important for all of us, particularly in this month of Ramadan, to always take a step back and to detach. That's why the, the, the Sharia gives us an opportunity and a challenge at all times to take a step back and just to look at it from a bigger picture and to understand what is life really about? Who gave me this life and what does he want from me? And what does he know about me? What has he disclosed about me? Therefore, when I understand that and when I have that in my conscious all the time, dhikr, that can make me a better Muslim, i.e. a better person. So when we look at the next verse, as he mentioned in uh, verse number 67, right before that, it was talking about the fulfillment of the message of those that are the people of the book and receiving sustenance, and above them and below them, receiving that sustenance. Right after that, it is as though he's giving a message to all of us by giving the message to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How? Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُولُ بَلِّغْ مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَإِنْ لَمْ تَفْعَلْ فَمَا بَلَّغْتَ رِسَالَتَهِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْصِمُكَ وَاللَّهُ يَعْصِمُكَ مِنَ النَّاسِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الْكَافِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, and this is, I like this verse because subhanAllah, as we talked about yesterday, as I mentioned yesterday, the importance of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being that he is risala, that he is the one that relates the message, that delivers the message to the people via his statements, actions, tacit approvals. We understand this to be sunnah, and sunnah means way. So what was the way of Allah via the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? That's why he is who he is, and he's the best of human beings, because he was chosen by Allah to be the messenger of Allah and to deliver the risala, to deliver the message. And that's exactly what is mentioned here, a reminder to Allah, to the Prophet ﷺ, after relating these verses about those that didn't fulfill the message, Allah subhanahu is telling him, O Messenger of Allah, announce what has been revealed to you from your Lord. Then you will not have announced what has been revealed to you from your Lord. And if you do not do that, you have not communicated his message. Allah will protect you from people, for verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not guide those that disbelieve. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala breaks it into four parts. It's beautiful here. When talking about responsibility and when talking about virtue, the, the virtue of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and also our responsibility in regards to that virtue. Allah starts it off by saying, O Messenger, 
relate what has been given to you and sent down to you from your Lord. What's beautiful here, subhanAllah, in the Arabic language, Allah SWT says, Ya ayyuhar rasulu. And the Rasul is messenger, the messenger that has been given a message, and the message is the Quran. But Allah addresses him with the title that is in correlation to the responsibility that follows it or the subject matter that follows it. You know, subhanAllah, it reminds me, I was reading this. I remember, you know, many of us may have a nickname that our parents give us. You know, a lot of times when my mother would see me uh, preparing for a lecture, she'd see, she see me deep in my computer, you know, with, with the accent. You know, she would say, ah, Professor, who are you going to teach today? Like, she'd give the, the, the name, but then teaching with the professor. She'd give me that nickname, already getting me ready to, un to listen to what she's going to talk about that has a pertinence and correlation to that title. So Allah says here, oh, messenger, the messenger, you have a message. Relate and announce what has been revealed to you from your Lord. The revelation, the message, you have to pronounce it and announce it to people. To, to, to spread this message to the people. So this is an, an, an order from Allah to go out and to tell people about this message. That's been revealed to you by Allah. And what's so beautiful as well is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding them that it's been revealed by Allah, which is indirectly reminding us the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a messenger and whatever he does has been in inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what we're practicing is exactly what God intended when we look at the sunnah, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says here, and this ma here is a generality, meaning everything. And many many of the mufassirin, the individuals that explain these verses, rahimahumullah, they say that this is speaking about particularly the whole message of Islam, i.e., don't give part of the message and leave off some of it. Give the whole message or give the message that is per pertinent to their development to them as human beings. That's important for them to know. Don't hold back because you fear something of this dunya. Give the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not give part of it. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِلَّمْ تَفْعَلْ فَمَا بَلَّغْتَ رِسَالَةً And if you do not do so, then you have not communicated his message. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as many of us know, in Hajjat al-Wada' when he was on the mountain and he was giving his, his final sermon or farewell sermon, as many of us call it. And it's a long hadith. And we find this in books of, of Muslim and Abu, Abu Dawood and Bukhari even, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is giving his farewell sermon and he's giving them many forms of advice to stay away from, from riba and also how we treat uh, the women, to treat them with good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concludes by having a beautiful uh, statement that, that is in reference to this where he says, وَإِنِّي قَدْ تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ مَا لَن تَضِلُّوا بَعْدِي he said, and verily, I left something with you that you will not be misguided if you were to have i'tisam with it, if you were to stay firm and to hold firmly onto it. He said, Kitabullah, the book of Allah. Then after that, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, He said, and you will be asked about me. What will you say? And they, نَشْهَدُ أَنَّكَ قَدْ بَلَّغْتَ we, ad we admit and we attest that you have uh, you have been you have given us this message and you have advised 
and you have given us this message and you have performed or fulfilled this message and conveyed it to the people. Then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as it says here, ثُمَّ the Prophet ﷺ says after that, he raises his forefinger towards the sky and points it at the people. And then he says, Oh Allah, be the witness. Oh Allah, be the witness. Oh Allah, be the witness. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam giving the last message, being the last portion of his sermon because right after this Bilal gets up and he calls the adhan for Dhuhr and Asr, they make it together. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fulfilled the message. And this is by the color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if he didn't, If you did not do this, you did not fulfill the message. And this is also important because we do not pick and choose what we want to tell people about Islam. There may be times when you with your fiqh of the religion and understanding of the religion may hold back on something and you plan to tell them. Or if someone is asking you a question about Islam, as some would say, sugarcoat, we give the message, but we use it in a language and in a way that is conducive. We don't change the message. And that is important here that we take Islam wholeheartedly just as it has been delivered to us. We practice it wholeheartedly to the best of our ability. And also we notice that the preservation upon mankind in goodness, this preservation is in goodness and how Allah chose to preserve this message in a fashion that is good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after that, Wallahu nas. this is important as well because it reminds you many times in the Quran and in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there may be a command to do or stay away from something. Allah then injects a message and reminds you of who is talking. Reminds you of who is speaking. Yes, when you deliver this message, there will be people that will shun you. They will backbite you. They will speak badly about you. They will defame, they'll de defame you. It's important to realize that Allah is the ultimate protector. If Allah helps you, there is no one that can overpower you. As Shaykh Umar mentioned yesterday in the verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's important to realize that that relationship with Allah should be primary. It should be the most important thing for us on a daily basis. What and how is my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When that relationship is established, i.e. fulfilling the actions that he's legislated, we have to understand that the sharia, we don't want to look at it as rules. We want to look at it as, as guidelines with objectives. Guidelines for you to be a better person that has an objective for you to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when looking at this beautiful, beautiful aspect of the sharia that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you, it's important for us to start initially what is our relationship with him. Because many times, especially what we see with our youth, may Allah protect them and protect us all, is that they may just hear a bunch of rules, but they didn't have the time to learn or to establish that deen. They didn't have time to learn it. They didn't have time to establish it. It's just been times that they've been told a number of rules and then there's expectations automatically. It's important for us to give them space and to allow anyone that is learning the religion of Islam, as all of us are, to be given space to make our mistakes. Because once that person learns who Allah is and they make that mistake, they understand the concept of forgiveness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah protects you from mankind, Allah will protect you from all of those individuals. And here, Anas is referring to the mushrikun at the time that wanted, didn't want well for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, continues and he concludes by saying, verily, Allah does not guide those 
that disbelieve. Really here, the, dis the guidance here that scholars mention is not the guidance of the dean in particularly, in particular, rather it's the guidance of them fulfilling their cade, their, 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 their plans to plot, their plans and plots against the Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not allow them to do so by his predestination. So here in conclusion, looking at the importance of the message of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how Allah ordered him to, to fulfill this message and to uh, convey this message to the people and to understand that if you are negligent in, in, in it, it is as though you have not delivered it at all. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions and reminds of his greatness, that he is the one that will protect you. And that it is important for us to give the time and integrity and freedom to those to practice their religion in accordance with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not guide those that have a plot against you if you are fulfilling this message. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that trust in him in all times. In, in open and in secret, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that understand his beautiful names and attributes. For really that is the key to, to fortifying this relationship with him. Jazakumullah khairan. SubhanAllah, you mentioned in Eret Islam to hold on to the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet Wallahu ya'asimuka minan nas and Allah will protect you. If you, it's like, ihfadillah yihfafq. No. Be mindful of Allah, Allah will protect you. Hold on to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you. Allah azza wa jalla will not let you go. It's it's a beautiful, you know, فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُونِ وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي Right? Uh, I answer your call, answer my call. Allah azza wa jalla will always meet you with ihsan. And that, that really is the excellence that comes down. You know, Allah azza wa jalla guarantees paradise and then prosperity, and then protection. SubhanAllah, all within these three verses, all connected to, holding on to the legislation as it came down, the revelation as it came down. And SubhanAllah, one of the proofs of the prophethood of, of Muhammad وسلم, is that the Qur'an admonishes him to hold on to والسلام, the message as it was given to him. It's one of the, the, the Dalal al-Nabuwa that's mentioned, like how beautiful and profound is that, that and he's concerned with it. You know, there, he has no intention, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to ever do anything but the best with what was given to him, and he and he did, you know, fulfill alayhi salatu wasalam the best of what was given to him. But still, Allahumma, you know, Allahumma fashhad, hal balakht, Allahumma anni balakht, Allahumma fashhad, Allah, you know, did I do my job? He's still concerned about whether or not he did his job. So, what does that mean for us if the Prophet sallallahu was concerned? You know, with and we know how perfect he was in in adherence. Then, what does that mean when we are admonished, right? Uh, as as this ummah and the previous ummah, you know, the previous nations, the people of the book, and you know, do not do not play with the message that's given to you. Adhere to it, and you will fall short. But Allah will forgive you. Allah will yeah. forgive you so long as you're trying your best. But do not skew, do not twist, do not tamper. Uh, accept it as it is, adhere to it the best that you can, and count on Allah's forgiveness. That's been the message for all of the prophets and their peoples, and that's the message for this Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and for his people. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala make us amongst them. Allahumma Amin. 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 Aisha did not. Uh, it looks like she's not going to be able to join us. So I get like five minutes. Was I tolerable for thirty minutes, Chef? Oh, you were tolerable. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You were, you were good. Mashallah. It kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> Okay. You read some Quran and make some mistake far from mashallah. There's no death on the Qurans, plural, mashallah. It's all good. It's all good, man. I'll, I'll take out my, my vengeance uh, on you properly on the ping pong table and maybe <laughs> on the basketball court. 
You play football, Steph? Yeah, flag football. Yeah, I, I'm, I can I can do that. I'm you doing flag football. I thought yeah, I had some when I was young. When I was young, you know. You were young. Okay. Okay. So you mean like last year? Mashallah. No, I get out with the brothers, man. Mashallah. Well, Hajj has it down over there. Mashallah. I, yeah, I need to get out there with y'all. Yeah. So shout out to our flag football league. Yeah, they're serious about it. Mashallah. So yeah, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was interesting about that. That uh, you know what the Prophet somebody said. Uh, as, as soon as I, I, I read that again, I was just thinking about like parents, like when we, mm. you know, the parents that are on their deathbed or, you know, before we go, it's like, have I fulfilled my responsibility with my kids? Like, have I told them about Islam? But that's why I touched on the fact of our youth being told about Islam in a way that breeds integrity and gives them freedom to live it. Because sometimes we kind of choke them with, you know, the rules and regulations of Islam, but we want them to understand it's just guidelines that have ultimate objectives for you and Allah wants best for you, but really them understanding who Allah is and establishing that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is important because I know, I mean, many times we're asked, I mean, I think we just take a, take a minute to talk about all the messages that come in, mashallah, may Allah reward all of you for sending in the messages and, you know, asking the questions and we, you know, mashallah, we, we read them, we read them, we read them and we have a, a shout out section for those of you know for those of you that reach out and subhanallah you're reaching out and you're telling your personal business and you really you know the messages touched you and that's from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but a lot of them are about parents that are concerned about their youth and you know we just ask that you know all of you you know you're you're doing this the ta'awun asking the question and mentioning a benefit that you've taken and just making dua for us all of that is ta'awun so just want to give a shout out to all of them, inshallah, and to all of the individuals that are behind the scenes as well. That's the ta'awun. But uh, really, when reading that from the Prophet, it really makes me think about parenthood. Because as you mentioned, he says at the very end, have I fulfilled my message? What will you say when you're asked about me? You know, what will my son say? What will my daughter say when they're asked about me? Am I their hero? Am I someone that told them about the Prophet? Did I live it in my life? SubhanAllah. It, it always reminds me of that, you know. Yeah. That's a beautiful reflection, man. Beautiful reflection. You're right. SubhanAllah. So that sense of amana uh, comes out of this too, right? The trust. The trust. The revelation is a trust. And so everything uh, that has been given to us through it is, is an amana to trust. So alhamdulillah. Yeah. I mean, Zakallah Khair Sheikh. I appreciate you. Uh, inshallah ta'ala. Hopefully we'll have a Sada Aisha on in the future. But uh, we've we've done, and we're, we're, we're just a few episodes in. We've had three, two, and four uh or three four two so we've done every configuration but we've all we've ended within the same time frame alhamdulillah so we're doing well alhamdulillah to everyone for tuning in today please keep us in your dua inshallah assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh